We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Joe, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I saw you at the uh, Hall of Fame on a hot day uh, with a, a big crowd. What, what was your thought? Uh, it was it was a thrill for me, number one, to be there and, and to see all the Hall of Fame guys and the guys going in, knowing that I played against them and, and had a chance to manage them. But I thought the crowd was tremendous. I thought the turnout, you know, 70,000 people. And, and I was really impressed by the people that came from Seattle all that way to be there for Edgar. And um, I thought Brandy Halliday sold the show. What she did took a tremendous amount of courage and um, – must have been very difficult. Funny how Edgar talked about 2001, Mariano throwing him a sinker. You know, Edgar owned Mariano, and, you know, that was a big win the Yankees had over Seattle in that series, but it's how much that at bat bothered him. Yeah, um, uh, unbelievable, and, you know, he looked at that was his opportunity maybe to get to the World Series, but I looked at the numbers of Edgar off, you know, the guys that went into the Hall of Fame. He had over 300 on Mike Messina, like 400 against Holiday and over 500 against Mo, so that just kind of told you what kind of hitter he was. Great hitter, absolutely yeah. great hitter, and owned Rivera, absolutely owned him, and no one owned Rivera. I mean, Palmero hit him pretty good, but I mean, uh, uh, he Edgar owned him, but Edgar hit everybody hard. I mean, for a guy who couldn't run, he was an amazing hitter. He you know didn't have a position, couldn't run, but he could boy could he hit? Yeah, he really could, and you know he was in the middle of that order. And he was the hardest guy in that order to pitch to. And you think about the people they had in that order, A-Rod and Griffey Jr. He was the toughest guy for me to figure out how to try to get out. Um, and that was a hard lineup to navigate through. And, and, and he made you pay. And I think the mark of, of a great hitter is a guy that, you know, strikes out less than he walks. I mean, he would walk over 100 times a year. It just showed you the fear that he put into to pitchers. And it was a guy that you didn't want beat you. Um, Mariano gets so much attention. How about Messina? What was Messina's best quality in your mind? Um, I thought he was precise in everything that he did, and I always thought he had a plan. There was never he never did anything just on a whim. Everything was well calculated, well thought out. And and I talked about in in 2005 when I was the bench coach. You know, obviously you'd go over the hitters as a big group, and then I would break down with the pitcher and the catcher after that and apply that pitcher's stuff to the game plan on how to get hitters out. And Moose was the one guy you just said, Moose, go ahead, run the meeting. What are you going to do? Because he was so well prepared. And I used to say to Phil Hughes and Ian Kennedy, watch what this guy does um, when they were there in 2008 with him, because he will teach you how to prepare for a game. How about Halliday? Uh, what, what's your recollection now? Halliday was a uh, you know durable guy, uh, always pitched more complete games in an era where no one did. The, uh, obviously had great stuff. Um, what, what's the thing you remember most about Halliday? He was just dominating. And, and when you think of people that are dominating, you think of people that throw 98, 99 with a big curveball or something like that that just overpower you. 
But he was dominating because of his location and his deception. And you just never squared the ball up. And, and I just remember managing against him um, in 2008 and 2009 when he was in Toronto thinking, you know, if Toronto got two runs, I didn't think we had a very good chance of winning. I, I really didn't because that's how good he was. And you talked about the complete games, 2008 through 2010. He had nine complete games every year. Last year, no team had more than five. He was doing nine himself a year. So, to me, he was a great competitor, probably the hardest worker that this game, you know, one of the hardest workers this game has ever seen. A guy, I think, who was driven a little bit about fear and and always trying to prove himself because here's a guy that comes up uh, early in his career and almost throws a no-hitter in 98, and then 2001 he starts in A-Bowl. And I, I think that really drove him to be great, and he worked his tail end off. Yeah, he 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 was a made pitcher. He kind of taught himself to be a good. He he got he gave a lot of guys credit for helping him. He he was a guy who uh, had to like reinvent himself a couple of times. Yeah, he changed his arm slot a little bit, and he went to a sinker cutter, and he also had a curveball and a split, and he just learned how to dominate people. And his wife, it all started with his wife buying him the ABCs. Of, of mentally pitching and and he took off after that and he would read that eight or nine times a, a year and um again he was just a really really hard worker they talked about how they had to give him a key to the clubhouse because he was always there before everybody else yeah, that's a good i mean you hear that a lot of, about a lot of big players you know and a lot of players who were very successful so i think it's a it's a very important trait that you hear a lot of we're talking with uh Joe Girardi, uh, as the baseball season moves into the latest stages of uh, June, and we kind of separate uh, July rather, and we separate the buyers and the uh, and the sellers. Uh, a very difficult thing to do in the National League. It seems like the Giants have taken Bumgarner off the market. That's what everyone seems to think, which makes it even a tighter market uh, for sellers if you're a contending team do you have to just basically realize you're not going to get a pitcher who's going to make a big difference for you well i think stroman can make a difference oh I you really do? do okay, okay. yeah I, I think he can make a difference i think he's got a, a a gunslinger's mentality i think he's tough i think his stuff is good um and i think if you're putting on a winning team he'll even be better so i think he can make a difference now there's probably about 10 teams that are trying to get him and it is a great time, I think, to be Toronto right now um, because of that piece that they have. And I think it's a good time to be Detroit as well because I think they have three or four pieces that could really make a difference. And um, it's probably a good time to be a seller. Yeah, I think it is. There's not a lot of sellers out there for sure. So if you are and you got a couple of pieces, it, it'll definitely be an issue. Um, if, you're the, if you are uh, the Yankees and – you obviously want to get a piece. Do you have to basically go to plan B, which may be a reliever that might be available versus maybe a starting pitcher that you can't get your hands on? You might. You know, but when I think of the Yankees, I think the Yankees have as much ready big league talent to give people as anybody. So I think they're in a good position. It just depends on how much they want to give up. For a Strowman, and if they don't want to give up a ton, then a reliever is probably the way to go. And and they could get Seve back, and he's going to probably, sounds like, go in the bullpen. Maybe they get Batanzas back. 
And then if they get those two guys in the bullpen, it becomes a three-inning game, not even a five-inning game. It's a three-inning game. And uh, they could be extremely dominant that way. If you could get a guy like Yates, all right, Joe, where do you plug him in in the Yankee bullpen? You know what? I have him as a guy that I can use any time. I, I, I call him and said, look, we're going to close with Chapman, and I'm going to use you in different roles. I could use you as early as the third or fourth to get out of an inning and then pitch the next inning. I could use you the seventh one day. I could use you the eighth. I know that you're capable of doing everything. I just need to know how you bounce back. If you bounce back well or you're not concerned about coming in the middle of innings and I would look at his stats when he does, then that's how I would use him. Do you think that's a hard mental adjustment from a guy who comes to a contender, gets a chance to obviously pitch, you know, in big games, gets a chance to pitch, you know, for maybe for a championship, but was leading the major leagues in saves, and now all of a sudden his save season is over. Is that a tough thing for him to get, you know, justified in his mind? Knowing Kirby, I don't think so, because I think his value has been proven. And I think for Kirby, in a sense, he would welcome that and a chance to win a World Series because he's never really had a chance to do it. So to get that chance, I think he would embrace that and say, whatever you want. Interesting, because that guy, you know, if if I'm the Yankees and I can't get the starting pitch I want, I would maybe just try to overload. And then, you know what, if I got to go to the pen in the fourth inning, I go to the pen in the fourth inning. I've seen you do that. I agree. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to do it. And, you know, maybe you carry three starters on your roster and all of a sudden you have eight or nine guys in your bullpen that can give you plenty of innings. Do you think it's going to be hard for Batances to get back and be important and and be able to contribute? Or do you think if he can get back, he can contribute? I think if he gets back, he will contribute. And I think he'll contribute in a big way. It just depends on how he comes back and what his velocity is you know, dealing with this, this issue. Um, but I think if he gets, if he's healthy, he's going to contribute in a big way. How about Severino? Do you think it's going to be too, at this stage, it's too hard for a, for a starting pitcher to contribute this late in the season who hasn't pitched? Do you think that's going to be, because I, I, or maybe you treat him in a different way where maybe you ask him to be good for three or four innings. Yeah. You know, I think I, I would think about trying to build him up out of the bullpen in a sense. Because I think they're going to have a, a big enough lead. They're going to be able to do some things. So maybe one day he throws two innings, and three days later he throws three innings, and four days later he throws four innings to see where he gets. And then we can always back it off if we think it's going to be a problem. And if it turns out really well, then maybe he's one of the starters in the playoffs. Does Shane Green interest you as far as a contending team goes? Absolutely. Uh, he's got a wipeout slider. He's had a very good year, um, and I would definitely be interested in him. Okay, so you think, I mean, what when you're looking for these relievers, Joe, obviously a guy like Yates who's had a great year, if you're looking for a reliever, what are you looking for in a reliever? I mean, are you just looking for a guy who's put up numbers this year, or are you looking for something specific? Um, strikeout potential, because you get in these tight games and you want someone that can come in and strike people out and keep the ball in the ballpark. This is this has become a game of home runs. So the guys that are able to keep the ball in the ballpark and strike people out, those are the guys I want. So you want the guys who have struck it. So you want a guy like, now I don't, I'm not saying he's available, but let's say someone like Will Smith who struck out 63 guys in 40 innings, you want a guy like that. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, and he's left-handed, which right. is always a plus-plus. Yeah, and I'm not saying they'll trade him, considering that they're contending now. They might not. They might not want to trade him because their bullpen's been very good. But there's a guy who's having a good season and has really uh, had very good stuff this year. You know, there's two teams that have kind of screwed this up: San Francisco. Yep. And the way that Cleveland has taken off. Yep. And Cleveland has taken off, I believe, partly because of their schedule, who they played. You know, they're 18 and four against the Baltimore's, Kansas City, Detroit, Toronto, and Cincinnati lately. Um, but they're coming up against a stretch where it's going to get real after this week. But they may be 20 games over, and they're in the middle of it. So they've kind of screwed things up. Uh, I don't disagree. I think they have, and I agree with you with the Giants because Giants could have put Bumgarner in the mix. They could have put Will Smith in the mix, and now it looks like they won't be doing any of that uh, You know, when it comes to coming down the stretch here. So they come off the market. Um, a lot of people are starting to look at different guys, like Miner is a guy they're looking at now, guys like that. How valuable do you think he is? Oh, I think he's valuable, and I would even make a bid at Lance Lynn if I was someone. I know they've got him under control at, at a good price, but it's two more years, and I would make I, two and a half more years or whatever, and I would make a bid at him as well, you know, because you could give up some prospects if you know you're keeping a guy for two and a half years. No, absolutely. You know, people say Granky. You know, the one thing I worry about with Granky is, forget even the contract, what I worry about with Granky is, Granky has always had this very different personality. He's had these issues, uh, psychological quirks and all these different things. Do you think he could go into a new city and handle the pressure of a pennant race? I think certain cities he could. Like, he was comfortable in L.A. I think he did okay there. I'm not so sure how he would respond in a New York or a Boston, but I think there's certain cities that he could go to. So you would think maybe West Coast rather than East for him uh, more than anything else, more than the intensity of, say, the East? Yeah, I think the East, I think Midwest, he would, he would you know, I think he, he would enjoy that. I'm not so sure how much he would enjoy the media attention in New York, a Philly, a Boston. I'm just not sure. And, you know, um, and I don't know if he goes or not. I mean, that's, it's, it's hard to say. There really aren't that many guys. People are starting to zero, you know, because look at Oakland's in the mix now, too. I mean, they've put themselves back in the mix here, too. You know, they're playing pretty well. Well, right now, Tampa Bay and Boston are out. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying. But, but you know, they're going to keep yeah. fighting. You know that. But, I mean, Oakland's playing well now, too. Look at them. Yeah, Oakland has taken off. Um, and the interesting thing about Arizona is they're in the same spot as San Francisco. So I know there's probably some sentimental value with Bruce Bochy being there and the way they've been playing and how they're doing, but they're two out just like Arizona. So what is Arizona has Grinky and Robbie Ray. I mean, they have a lot of tradable pieces if they want to go down that road. Yeah, you know, it's just how you want to play this thing. And, you know, whether you actually take yourself, you know, whether you actually take your uh, candidacy serious or not is really a, a key. You know that? I mean, uh, yeah. and, and the other guy, you know, that no one's talked about, this kid for the Cardinals, this uh, Giovanni Gallegos has pitched unbelievable. You know that? I mean, he's, yeah. had, he's had an amazing year. Well, I think, you know, when we had him... Yeah, you know him, him well, right? He's, your, he's one of yeah. your guys, yeah. Getting used to the baseball and getting having the same breaking ball that he had in the minor leagues, because he had a very good breaking ball in the minor leagues. And when he came up here, it was a different ball, and he struggled. But I think he's figured it out and has done a good job.
Yeah, I mean his numbers are really good. I mean they've been they've been ter- I mean his whips like you know one of the lowest in baseball. He's got he's striking out a lot of guys. He's had a heck of a year. He had a very good high fastball curveball combination, kind of like the Houston guys, and uh, had success to it. Yeah, yeah, very very interesting. So if you at what point? I mean, if you're five or in, you're thinking in the National League you're going for it, right? If you're five games or in as far as the wild card, you've got to consider yourselves in it and go for it, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure if I'm five out I'm considering myself in. Because if I'm five out, I'm under 500. And I'm not I, – I, I think – you know. But I you could make that up in a you – know, the Giants made it up in a week, though. I, yeah, I know. But I, I would just have – I think the mediocrity is actually hurting these teams in a sense because – they don't know what to do, and they don't right. because they, everyone feels like they're in it. And from one day to the next, you might change your mind. I know there's probably a lot of GMs over the next seven days. They're praying that whatever's going to happen the next week, it really determines where we go. I don't want to be in limbo, and I think so many teams are in limbo right now. If you're the Giants, would you would this winning streak, which has now gone on for three weeks? Okay, I mean it's been it, it's been pronounced now for three weeks. They are now over 500. They're two out. Would you consider them real because of their pitching? Um, golly, I, I, I guess you have to. I mean, they probably played the Dodgers better than anyone in baseball. I, um, I still worry. Can they score enough runs? That's that's my concern. But I think I don't think they're going to sell off unless they lose like the next five games in a row, just because of what Bochy has meant to that franchise and what Madison's meant to that franchise. I don't think they sell off. San Diego's five under and five out. They come to New York tonight, play the Mets. What's your thoughts about them? Are you consider them in or out right now? I would keep all my prospects. I would, and I would probably consider myself out and try to load up for next year. All right, that's interesting. I mean, because you know they 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 do have some they do have some pieces that team now. I mean, they obviously have some pieces, you know. Well, they have some hitters in the outfield that they could trade to. Yep. Renfro, and, and I think yep. with all this young pitching coming, I would load up for next year. Interesting. So, uh, so if somebody comes and knocks your door down to get Yates or something, you'd listen. Absolutely. Yeah, and he could be a, you know, people haven't talked about him enough. He could be a difference maker. He's had a big year. Well, that split has changed who he is. You know, he, he didn't have that when he was here uh, with us, but he has developed a very good split that has changed who he is. And, yes, he could be big in a pen. Would you, if you were the Mets, would you trade Syndergaard or would you wait till the season's over to make an, a decision on Syndergaard? I think I, think I hold on to Syndergaard. Um, I, I think I hold on to what they might call the – the the big three I would be con- I would consider trading Wheeler and Vargas but I would hold on to Mats as well. Yeah, Vargas you're giving away. I mean, you know, you they yeah. get a you get a player to be named later for him, but that's no question. Uh, I'm agree with you. I would hold on to Wheeler, and I would hold on to Syndergaard. I I I'm in the same vein. I'd ask for a lot if they came and asked for Syndergaard. I'm not giving them away unless I get a lot. A, a, a ton, a, a ton, and some of them have to be ready made. Now, yeah, if I were the Yank, if if the Yankees came and asked for Syndergaard, I'd ask for Torres, and I wouldn't get, I wouldn't take less. I'm, 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 I said that today on the air. I, I'm serious. I wouldn't take less because I don't want, I don't want Syndergaard pitching the Yankees to a World Series. And, and I think they have the position if they feel they want to trade him at the end of the season, they can get just as much almost. I think they can, and especially if he pitches better, because you know he hasn't had a great year for him. I think from that standpoint, um, Sanchez, he's twenty, he's ten for eighty. 
if you take a little deeper look at his stats, his OPS without the Oriole numbers is 130 points lower than it is than his normal. He's he's 830, and then he's 706 if you take out the Oriole games. Now you can't do that, but just to show you that he killed the Orioles, are you at all concerned about the prolonged nature of his slump? No, I I think it's not abnormal for catchers to go through it a little bit longer just because they get beat up in the fatigue. Um, there's probably a lot of guys that have a hundred point OPS jump against the Orioles. They've given up so many home runs. Right. right. Uh, so he's had nine I, homers against the Orioles this year. How many's Glaber had? A lot too. A lot. You're yeah. right. A lot. So, yes. The two of them, but yes. um, he's still going to be productive, and he's still a scary out to me. You know, one thing, Joe, since the Yanks got in Encarnacion, and it hasn't been mentioned enough, they have not been dh in Sanchez. You know, they, uh, they've they been catching him. They have not been dh in him. He has not DH'd a lot in the last, you know, uh, month. He has dh very few times. Yeah, and, and I think that you got to make sure that he's rested going into October. That That's the biggest thing, and they're fighting for home field advantage. That's what they're fighting for at this point, and they're in kind of a dogfight, you know. Right, with Houston. With, yep. with Houston. Yep. So that's what you got to fight for. Do you have to make sure in August? Now, Romine is a solid guy anyway. We all know that. Uh, do you want to give Sanchez some extra time here in August to get a little more rest? I, I would I would give him, you know, I'd make sure that he got his days off. He didn't catch day games after night games. And, you know, if I could, if I'm in a good spot in September, give him two or three days off in a row. What was your book, Joe, with guy when it got to be this oppressive, the heat like the last couple of days where the THI was like 105 and the heat was in the high 90s to 100 every day, how conscious would you be of that with your team as a manager? Oh, you were very conscious. You, you didn't hit outside very often. You just – it was more of a – like a day game after a night game you treated. Come in, get ready, stay inside, stay cool, stay hydrated, may not play as many days in a row – that sort of thing. But it, it looks like the heat has broken. Yes, it has. Uh, which is yeah. probably good for yeah. everybody. And it was actually very comfortable in Cooperstown. We got lucky. I was a little concerned. You did get lucky because um, the day you, when you were in Cooperstown, it was 99 in where we are. On Long Island, it was 99 yeah. degrees. So, I mean, it was it, – it was, and it had been over 100 the day before. So it was very, very hot. I was wondering about Cooperstown. So it wasn't that hot there, huh? It was 84 degrees. Because you guys That's had suits on. A lot of you had suits on. I'm like, why? These guys are really – you know, I said they're sitting there in suits. They could have given them a break today, but I I didn't realize that it had cooled off there. So uh, you got lucky, huh? Believe me, Mike. I was checking every day for a week because <laughs> <laughs> I hate the heat. I I mean, I hate the heat. But well, you it, waste it away to we nothing. You waste away. I I don't know if it happened when you caught more or when you managed, but both ways you waste away to nothing during the season anyway. I mean, you get yeah. thinner and thinner as the year goes on. Mike, I'm going to tell you, I never, my weight never changed. Oh, you look so much thinner during, it, during the I season. It, it never changed. It, 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 I would come in at 200 and I would leave the season at 200. Are you serious? Even, even as a manager? I ate so much. And as a manager, my weight hasn't changed in 15 years. You know, it's funny. You look like during the season, like you're wasting away to us. I don't know why that is then. You know, that it just maybe you just get tired of hearing the questions every day. Maybe that's it. Well, you know what? Part of it is just the fatigue that you get because of, you know, the, the schedule you keep getting in at four o'clock in the morning, you know, from road trips. And I'm not a guy that can sleep till noon. So if I get in from Minnesota, we come home from Minnesota, and I get in at four o'clock in the morning into my house in New York, I was up at eight o'clock. And that's just the way I was. And 
I'd have a huge cup of coffee and go get them, but I never lost weight. All right. Have you changed your opinion about any teams here in the last uh, week or two? No. Um, I still think Minnesota's going to win their division. Um, Do they need know, anything specific? Do they have to make a move here? They've, they've watched their lead melt down. Now they had a big win against the Yankees yesterday. They watched their lead melt down here. Uh, are you concerned about them? Kirby Yates or Shane Green, they need to go get gotcha. one of those guys. Yeah, I think. Or, you know, if one of those lefties becomes available, which I don't think they're going to, you know, the Brad Hands and, and uh, you go get him. But they need a reliever. Okay. Thanks, Joe, very much. We'll chat next week. Thank you. Have a great day, Mike. Thank you, Joe. Joe Girardi back after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.